Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. I'm Josh Kessman, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Thursday, January 3rd, the very first show of 2019. Glad that you could join me. It's just me, solo me, on a show tonight. Uh, Maybe a little quicker than some of our normal shows, but uh, I still have family in town. I'm still trying to get through this holiday stuff, so my son's waiting for me whenever I get back. So we'll cruise through some LA Galaxy news. Obviously, Guillermo Barrascolota was announced today as the LA Galaxy's head coach officially announced, or I guess officially introduced because the announcement, the official announcement came the day before on Wednesday after the New Year holiday. Uh, So we have some stuff in terms of some comments that he made. I'll I'll tell you a pretty vanilla press conference overall. I was not there. Uh, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, was certainly there uh, for everything. And so you can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com right now and read his article on the introduction to Guillermo Barrascolotto and also the first time for reporters to be in the same room with uh, Dennis DeClosa as well. So uh, Chris Klein started everything off with that introduction. And so, again, we're going to have some quotes from that. Uh, we also have a little bit of insight into the coaching staff for uh, for the LA Galaxy coming up here in 2019. That's interesting. Uh, some new signings, I should say some re-signings uh, that seem to have been coming down the pipe as well. We'll have an update on uh, Servando Carrasco and Emmanuel Boateng as well. A little off-season calendar update for you there as well. Uh, once again, getting you ready for January 11th and the MLS Super Draft, the MLS Combine coming up soon. We're going to define those primary and secondary transfer windows for you as well. Get through all those icky, gross rumors that continue to pop up and, you know, really do nothing but cause me havoc. Uh, if you haven't already, head on over to the rumor tracker on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I think I'm I'm pretty much up to date on all the rumors that are out there, uh, even the really bad ones that, for some reason, everybody continues to keep uh, falling for. You're definitely going to want to check those out, so head on over to those as well, and uh, you can see that cornerofthegalaxy.com, our off-season rumor tracker, is right there for you. Um, Again, if you are not following us on YouTube, then you're missing out on a bunch of fun live show stuff that we do. Uh, Please head on over there. Uh, Before we get into anything, really, I wanted to talk about our 2018, Corner of the Galaxy's 2018. You know how the LA Galaxy did. They missed the playoffs. Uh, But in terms of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast, I have to say, I think we won trophies this year. Um, And and it's all thanks to you. It it has nothing to do, well, I mean, very little to do with what we're doing, whether it's uh, Kevin or Eric or Wendy or anybody else. Uh, At this show, we show up, we talk into a microphone. A lot of times there's nobody on the other end. That's fine for us. We enjoy that. We get that. Uh, that's the thing. But if you look at our numbers and what we've been doing in, in 2016 is sort of when we start actually keeping track of numbers because uh, 2009, we actually didn't have control of our own podcasts for a while. So that took us a long time. 2016 is the first time we kind of had a halfway season full of our total control in terms of the streams and everything else. So if you look at 2016, we had approximately 65,000 listens for the entire year. Uh, you look at 2017, which was a great year for us. Really, really bad, bad 
year for the Galaxy. Uh, 140,000 listens in 2017, and this year uh, you're at, you added 70,000 listens to that. Um, so maybe we should thank Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, maybe we should thank some of our Swedish listeners. Maybe we should thank um, you know the Galaxy for quite honestly being poor, and whenever they're poor, you guys like to listen to us, and, and we get to provide you information. But I promise, even if the Galaxy are good, we're still providing you good information. You just seem to be more interested in it. But in 2018, we did 210,000 listens. Increased, I think, you know, if I do math, which is never a good idea, you know, we we didn't double, obviously. 280 would have been doubling it. Um, but, you know, we had a, what, 40%, 50% increase whenever you look at the the, the overall of, uh, of what that was. So we're extremely happy. And by the way, in 2017, we did 100 shows total. In 2018, we did 94 shows. But yet we still had more. So our overall listenership has increased. And that's all you guys. That's that's you guys listening. I can't click the button 210,000 times. If I could, I would. Trust me. But, um, you know, that's sort of where we stand. So you guys are, are certainly uh, responsible for this, for this unbelievable uh, increase that we've had over these years. We thank you for it from Kevin, from Eric, from Wendy, from everybody. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Uh, all those people, we all thank you for doing that. And by the way, I should say that the website also up over 240, I think 250,000 hits, uh, for last year, which was almost about the same increase as you saw from 2017 and 2018. So, uh, that increase really did, uh, did really did do stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know if we're inversely popular with, uh, in terms of the galaxy, the worse they do, the better we are, but quite honestly, 2018 was a better year than 2017 and we still increase. So I have to imagine that as the galaxy get better now, we're also going to continue to increase, and we thank you for that. Uh, and we hope that you will share this with your friends who are Galaxy fans. We hope that you will uh, spread the gospel of Corner of the Galaxy and, and help us, uh, you know, really educate people and, and do some things. Uh, I've said if we were, you know, quote-unquote a mainstream sport, and soccer certainly is getting there, but when I started in 2009, we were such a fringe sport that it was ridiculous. Major League Soccer, everybody's like, what, you know, Galaxy have the team? And they knew that they did because, you know, David Beckham was on the team. Um, if you wore Galaxy gear, they asked you if you worked for Herbalife. That was the general assumption whenever that came around. Um, so you look at where we've gone to and, and where we had. If we were in a major sports team, I would have to imagine uh, in a major market like Los Angeles and, and the quality that we're producing, you would expect that those listenerships would be in the millions um, and not just in the, the 210. So we'll continue to get better. Uh, we'll continue to add new things and innovate and do stuff. And to thank you, we are setting up an event. I want you to put it on your calendars now. Um, I don't have all the details yet, but February 16th, the LA Galaxy are playing at the Orange County Great Park down in Orange County. We, you know, last year we did something here at the studio. Uh, we're planning on doing an event as well this year. It won't be at the studio. I'm finalizing the details on a very, very cool space that looks like we're going to be able to use. Uh, and if all that goes well, I'll be able to announce that here in the next couple of weeks uh, of when we'll be there. February 16th is that. So plan on, I think the game is at 5 p.m. Uh, at the Orange County uh, Great Park. Uh, plan on, you know, a 12, 1 p.m. sort of uh, arrival down here in Orange County, and everybody can uh, can sort of hang out with us, and, and I think we're trying to do a live show as well. So if all that goes well, I'll have details and announce that, and plenty of time for you to all get ready for that um, and, and prepare for that, and we'll get you rocking and rolling on that. But it's definitely going to be a thank you from us to you um, for all the amazing work that you did this year to get those numbers up. And again, keep sharing, keep, uh, keep, if we think we deserve it, uh, keep, uh, keep hitting those like buttons and the subscribe buttons and telling your friends and everything else. When you go to the stadium and you're sitting at sitting with somebody who clearly doesn't know what they're talking about because you're the way well-educated person. Don't just keep that knowledge to yourself. 
share it and say that you learned it at Corner of the Galaxy uh, or any of the other great independent podcasts that cover the LA Galaxy. Now, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful world we're all living in, and there's news and difference of opinions from every single way. So, that being said, let's move on and, and get past all of this. Let's let's go now to um, you know a little bit more with the LA Galaxy and and what they have done this particular year. And we'll start. And he says they start. Um, we'll start with you know just what sort of uh, where we're at right now with Guillermo Barrascolotto officially becoming the head coach of the LA Galaxy. Um, this was something that had been announced by Kevin Baxter last week. Um, this was something we knew was coming after a certain amount of time. And it seems like the LA Galaxy have had talks with Guillermo Barrascolotto since the fall. Um, but he clearly didn't seem to be first on their list. But you know, I'll say this in, in, in all fairness to the LA Galaxy. At one point, Scalotto looked like he was going to go to Atlanta as well. And then there was also a chance that somebody, he was going to go to Columbus um, with that uh, coaching position open as well. So you looked at all of these things and say, well, maybe the Galaxy thought that they, he was going to go that direction. I think it would be, um, I don't know, stupid to assume that that's, you know, that they assumed. Um, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt how it is. However, it ends up happening. Guillermo Barrascolotto, in all of his thrilled nature today, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is a guy who his happy face looks like his his angry face, so I don't want to see what his angry face is, and, and I think I love it all the same, just the intensity that he's already showing was officially announced to uh, to the rest of the Galaxy community as head coach. Um, you know, the I'll tell you right now, his English is going to get better. Um, if you go back and listen to him with uh, the crew, it was always a little bit rough, and now you take him out of the country for, you know, what, six, seven years, however long it's been since he's been in the United States. He's been down in Argentina. He hasn't been speaking English. He's been speaking Spanish. Give him a little chance. I think his English is going to get better. But I'll also tell you that everybody who's talked to him in Spanish says that he is very good in Spanish um, and that, you know, much like Teclosa in his first... Mm, I'll say it in his first interview that we had on the phone. Everybody was like, well, when are we going to get anything good out of this guy? And he spoke in Spanish and was more articulate. Well, even in this press conference, Dennis DeCloso was a lot more articulate than, you know, what we got out of him. He was more explanatory. Um, so he was really diving into the details and everything else. So we'll really see what we can do um, in terms of. Uh, you know, understanding these guys. And I think as they get more comfortable with the reporters that are covering them and they get more comfortable with the language um, here that, that both Guillermo Barrascolotto and Dennis DeClosa seem like they're extremely intelligent soccer guys and that we're going to be able to learn a lot from how they think and what they're thinking and, and everything else. But I'll tell you, Scalotto's, uh, vi the video of the press conference and then also the pictures that have come out show him with sort of the steel, the steel blue face. You know, maybe he's been taking some uh, suggestions from Sebastian Legette there. But he's got this intensity to him that I don't know that a Galaxy coach has had maybe since Bruce Arena. And Bruce never gave you that sort of steel look whenever he was talking to you either. He was Bruce always looked like he was maybe the dumbest person in the room. And I know that's a mean thing to say, but he was clearly the smartest person in the room. And I've said when everybody else is, you know, thinks you're playing checkers, Bruce Arena is playing chess. And and that's that's sort of he's winning a game you don't even know you're playing. So Bruce Arena had that that sort of, you know, uncertainty to him. And Guillermo Barrascolotto, from what we've been able to see, um, very, very, you know, simply here in these first couple of, you know, screen grabs and shots and videos and stuff like that. Seems like he's a guy who is going to take a little time to get used to speaking more English. Um, and I think he's still going to be excellent in Spanish. Kevin Baxter speaks Spanish. He'll be able to help. Um, you know, I, if we can, we'll get Brit, uh, 
Britt Pergel back on the show. She speaks Spanish as well, and we'll be looking to add some more people um, as we go along, you know, to really help us dig into these coaches and understand what they're saying um, in any language they speak. Um, so that's sort of uh, Guillermo Berescoloto, you know, and his initial stuff. I'll go, go over some comments that he had, which I thought, um, you know, the most interesting ones were <laughs> clearly the ones in Spanish, and that was just him being comfortable speaking the language and and doing all the rest of that. Um, but Scalotto really, you know, he, he sort of has an understanding of what he's getting into, but he's very certain about wanting to develop a style of play. Then from that style of play, understanding what players fit in there, and he wants them to play as a team. He's not worried so much about individual players right now, but, I mean, clearly that's coach speak for a lot of this. But you're going to see him um, and sort of understand that he has a plan going in already of, I think, who he thinks is going to go in different places, but he's going to let the players decide it. And if you've seen any of the behind-the-scenes stuff, there's a documentary on Netflix that has been talking about Scalotto. You can see him and the intensity he has with the players, which is you have to play if you want to play. So you have to train hard. You have to do the right things in training if, he, if you want to be put on that field. And if you don't want to be put on that field, if you're not going to train hard, then that's fine. He'll put somebody else in there. This is a guy who really feels that way. Now, granted, you're still always going to run up against the higher-paid players who are going to get preference over starting positions whenever you look at all this. So we'll look at all of that as it goes. Um, one of the things, and this was translated from Spanish, uh, they, uh, the question was on the biggest challenges the team will face this season and what contribution the Dos Santos brothers can bring to the team. Uh, uh, Guillermo Barrascoloto says, and I quote, I don't think we depend only on two or three players. To build what we want, for the Galaxy to have a style of play and to win, which are the two things that matter most in soccer. We are thinking about working as a team more than individuals and their and their importance. We will see each other's uh, we'll see each player's level throughout the year, but the most important thing is to achieve an attacking and attractive style of play and win. Uh, talking about bringing in players from South America and the team's winning mentality. Well, we only have until the league starts to see what changes we can make regarding the players or not. We will be determining what we need as we start training, and we will see what level we are at. In reference to the winning mentality, the Galaxy has a deep history, as I previously stated, and it's the most important club in the league. But we have to build to then start thinking about winning. After that, time will tell what we are capable of. Already, I, I don't think he's underselling the galaxy, but quite honestly, he's saying whatever what you'd want a coach to say is, you know, we have to, I have to see what I'm working with. I have to give a, ch a chance to implement a style and an understanding and a mentality for these players that have seemingly lacked one, except under Dominic Kinnear for the last, you know, six, seven games of the, uh, of la the last season. So, you know, that's sort of an, an interesting understanding. And again, it's all stuff that we it's all stuff that we already knew, um, you know, in terms of what Scalotto might say or, or even Dennis DeCloso when he talked. It was, it's all the same thing over and over again, but you're not going to get any of these hot takes until these guys start training. Right now it's all, you know, kumbaya and rainbows. So wait for them to have an opinion on somebody whenever it comes, and then we'll really see what it is. Um uh, a final question he was asked in Spanish on the Galaxy winning the championship of the season. He goes, in respect to winning everything or nothing at all. I, know, I understand that the Galaxy has a huge history. It's one of the most important clubs in the league, but first we have to contribute and think about winning as a team, and after that we'll see what we can do. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I, I have to imagine, um, will really, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll really understand Gamer Berescoloto. I don't think there's going to be an issue with those two. I mean, there might be an intensity issue, and I'll take an intense, I'll take an angry Ibra all day long. If uh, if if Scalotto wants to get under Ibra's skin, I want to see it. 
uh, because Angry Ebra or Challenged Ebra is the best Ebra there is. So I really think that, and I don't expect that there's any going to be any friction between them. Um, I really think that it's going to be about, um, you know, Scalotto trying to implement a style, and that style will include Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Of course it will. Uh, it'll also include guys like Ola Kamara. Um, you know, they started talking about, and, and I see everybody digging into all of these rumors or trying to dig into all these rumors or trying to read into every social media post. Let, let's get this straight, and I want to I make sure I call everybody out on the carpet here. You complain anytime the LA Galaxy post about Giovanni Dos Santos, and now that they're not posting about Giovanni Dos Santos, you're convinced that means he's gone. And I'll say, just don't connect the two. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It means that they're not stupid enough to post about Giovanni Dos Santos after the season he had last year. So don't sit here and say every time they don't mention, look at, there's our AEG tweeted out the three DPs, and it's like, it's Zlatan, you know, Roman and Jonathan Dos Santos and Gio's not there. Oh, that's, you know, it, it's because they don't want to tweet, tweet about Giovanni Dos Santos because they don't want to be like, why are you treat, tweeting about Giovanni Dos Santos? Now, could Giovanni Dos Santos be leaving? Yes, absolutely. I think that Guillermo Barrascalotto did a good job of avoiding answering any questions about Giovanni Dos Santos, and I would expect him to avoid those questions. All right. So he's not going to just dive in here and say, oh yeah, well, Gio's out. Well, first of all, nobody's going to say that because that already, if you're trying to get rid of Giovanni Dos Santos and you're trying to move him somewhere, you don't want to tell everybody that he's already gone. Now, it's already a well-known quote-unquote secret that the LA Galaxy are, are I, I believe, in my heart and from the people I've talked to, are trying to move Giovanni Dos Santos unlike in previous times where perhaps they weren't as wholehearted in that attempt. Um... If it all comes down to it, we know AEG can write a $6 million check to buy out the rest of that contract. So that's not something, you know, in my mind, there's no panic here. There's no issues. And we're going to talk about Gio's rumors. Uh, we're going to talk about Alice Andrini's rumors coming up in the rumors section. But I want to get through this part with, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos and Dennis DeClosa. They're not going to talk about these guys. Um, they're only going to talk about how they're good or they're going to talk around them as they did in these press conferences, which is, yeah, I mean, you know, what are they going to say? Yeah, we're definitely trying to, to move it. We're definitely going to try to move it, um, move them. And so it's like, okay. So that's how it works in terms of, you know, the the, the Dennis DeClosa. And I'll, I'll say this. Chris Klein started this, and, and I think he did a, a, a great job. LA Galaxy president Chris Klein started this uh, and, and talked about Siggy Schmidt and the impact that he had had on Chris Klein. And, and obviously Guillermo Barrascoloto also said that. Um, so you're, you're, you're talking about, um, two guys who were affected by Siggy Schmidt. So that started, but I found it interesting. It really feels like Chris Klein is now at arm's length or that his role has changed. And I know that, um, Adam Serrato, who's part of the galaxy PR department there, um, is, is trying to talk, you know, ask them the question about, um, you know, what's your new role? And Chris tried to say it wasn't a new role, but it feels more at arm's length now, um, just by the way that questions were asked and questions were answered. And to closer really feels like he is, mm, like he's in charge. Uh, like he's the guy in charge. He's the, he's the guy pulling the strings, that it's up to him. And he talked about how, you know, the, whatever the coach wants is going to be his biggest priority. Now, everybody knows that they're going to go after defenders, okay? I know people are freaking out. Um, and certainly, I guess if you want to freak out, you're more than willing to. Um, but the Galaxy are going to go after some defenders. Now, we've been talking about, you know, how tight they are up against the cap, and it seems like they still have some wiggle room in there right now. And so, you know, if they can get... I figure, in my mind, the way I look at the roster as it's currently constructed is that they need one defender, 
uh, one starting defender probably, um, and then another borderline starter defender and possibly a backup. So you're looking at three defenders that you that you might add to it, or you're going to go with the two and up that a little bit. I still think it's only one starter, but we'll see how that ends up shaking out and how the Galaxy want to want to look at that. Um, and I don't know what position. That could be a left-back starter. It could be a center-back starter. I think those are the two positions that you're looking for the starter in, though, center-back or left-back. So that's sort of where they're going to go. But it looks like and it feels like the LA Galaxy still have the ability to do that. Now, with 22 players on there, and obviously there's another player that we're going to talk about here a little bit later who now is rumored to have re-signed with the LA Galaxy, um, which makes it now 22 on that roster. And the Galaxy have 28 spots plus two homegrown spots um, that they can fill up. So you have six spots remaining um, on that main roster now to, to fill all this out. Now, here's the other part of that, and I want to give this to you very straight. The primary transfer window uh, per FIFA and Major League Soccer does not open until February 13th. Uh, it goes February 13th to May 7th, so well within the season even, and that's why you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming in uh, later in the season, although he was released from his contract, so technically he didn't have a contract anymore. Anyway, that's but you, as you know, there's a, there's a wide opening there. So February 13th to May 7th is the primary window. Secondary transfer window is July 9th to August 7th, okay? So those are the those are the times when you're going to start to see this move. So you can got you can make deals before that transfer window opens, um, but they can't get the international transfer certificate until it's within that window, and they can't be added to the roster until that happens. Well, February is already you know into the LA Galaxy's preseason, and right now we're we're leaning on the dates of the 21st as like the official official on the field start for the LA Galaxy. That hasn't been confirmed, um, with tw the 20th possibly being the, the day that they report for, for physicals and stuff like that. So January 20th is, what, 17 days away from as we're recording here on January 3rd? Um, so you're talking about you know things that are starting to tick down, and then you're going to get players on the field, and you're going to see who they can add and when they can add and that type of thing. So that's sort of uh, the thing. But for Klein, it really feels like he is he has handed the reins off to Dennis DeClosa, and I think that is a really, really... Um, I think it's a positive sign. I think Dennis DeClosa is smart enough to be handle all this stuff. Um, I question whether or not Dennis DeClosa and Guillermo Barcelona understand the complexity of MLS roster rules, having been gone and separated from the league for so long, and all the, you know, in, in the the different versions of the rules that we've seen. But I think they'll figure it out. And Dennis DeClosa seems like a guy who probably falls asleep to the MLS rulebook, um, and that's how it goes. So, uh, looking at all that, that's sort of where. I feel I feel Dennis DeClosa is very much in charge is very much looking to work looking forward to working with Guillermo Barrescoloto. They seem like they're going to make a great team whether they speak Spanish or English or or uh, whatever languages I'm sure both of them speak multiple languages and here I am I can barely speak one. Um but they seem to be a like really good fit. I, I think that if you're a Galaxy fan you should be optimistic about this pairing. I think that Guillermo Barrescoloto is, is a great hire. Um, he brings an intensity and a hunger, it seems like, to this role and to the LA Galaxy that they haven't had in a little while. So um, we'll see how that all sort of plays out. Another coaching staff addition, Kevin Baxter reporting that Dominic Kinnear will remain the LA with the LA Galaxy as an assistant coach. Uh, Kevin says Kinnear is the third winningest coach in MLS history and finished the 2018 season as the team's caretaker coach. He was interim coach. So... Um, this is great. I think this is a great move. Um, you have Dominic Kinnear, who uh, the players all loved. Um, he's going to come back and still be able to work with the players. And he's a great transition piece to help Scalotto understand the players that he has and to be able to talk to him about what the strengths and weaknesses of the different players. And you saw how the Galaxy uh, love 
Dominic Kinnear and how they reacted to him at the end of the season. So this to me is all positive news. Dominic Kinnear being an assistant coach and, and, you know, being the head guy at San Jose and then coming down and being an assistant under Siggy Schmidt and Siggy Schmidt goes, and then he's the interim head coach. And we heard at one point that perhaps uh, Dominic Kinnear was offered a one-year contract to coach the Galaxy and he said no. And now he's going to come back as an assistant coach. It, It feels like it is really... Um, you know, a solid move there. And we haven't had uh, any confirmation on the rest of uh, Guillermo Barascolotto's coaching staff, and I think he still has to add some people. But Dominic Kinnear can help that with the guys he knows in the league. Um, if somebody isn't calling Matt Reese as the goalkeeping coach, um, then I, I don't know what they're doing. But um, Matt, if you need me to be your agent for that particular move, <laughs> let me know. Um, if I'm Dominic Kinnear and, I, and I'm, I'm talking to Guillermo Bershkoloto, I say that Matt Reese is available. If he hasn't already been gobbled up by somebody and I missed it, um, that would be something I would jump on immediately. Dominic Kinnear uh, back with the LA Galaxy as an assistant coach. That is a great move for them, and it really keeps that consistency from what the LA Galaxy ended with, which was basically a positive note. Yeah, you have to take out the second half of the Houston game, but it was a positive note to finish out with Dominic Kinnear that way. And now he's back with the LA Galaxy, and now he's back with the players, and the players all like him, and so that seems like that is a good move, and it's going to keep some some fluidity and not lose the lessons that you lost last year. Remember, the LA Galaxy, I think, had the third highest scoring offense in Major League Soccer last year. You don't want to abandon that, but you need to make the defense better. We know that. That's why there aren't a whole bunch of changes on this roster anymore. Um, it makes a whole bunch of sense to me to go out and, you know, reinforce that defense, but everything else is, is is sort of, you know, set where it's supposed to be set right now. Um, the other signing, um, that was announced, Jeff Carlisle from ESPN FC, uh, Jeff's great guy, ESPN reporting that Servando Carrasco is expected to re-sign with the LA Galaxy. I know a lot of Galaxy fans are like, why would you ever do that? Um, and I'll tell you right now that in most cases, as you look at the salaries and everything else that is going on with the LA Galaxy, uh, you'll look and notice that Servando Carrasco made a total of $67,500 last year. That is why they're re-signing him. I'm guessing he didn't make a whole bunch of, of, of um, you know, an increase in salary. He didn't get a raise, um, and if it was, it's probably incremental more than anything else, but he's a cheap option off the bench in the center of the field. Now, the center of the field, as Jeff Carlisle pointed out in his tweet, is getting rather crowded um, in Galaxy Land, quote unquote, crowded in Galaxy Land from Jeff Carlisle. Um, and he's right, because currently in the holding slash defensive midfielder role, you'll have guys, and these are all the guys that can play basically the same position uh, Sebastian Legette, Jonathan Dos Santos, Perry Kitchens, Servando Carrasco. Oh, yeah, and Juninho, who they added. All right, so there's a whole bunch of guys who can play the same position right now. And I'll, I'll tell you this, that in my mind, um, you know, Janino isn't a starter for me. And depending on what the LA Galaxy do, um, they have a starting lineup right now that you could put on the field that would see none of those guys, including Perry Kitchen, um, Servando Carrasco, Juninho. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Not, those three guys would be sitting on the bench um, for the LA Galaxy in a starting position with Jonathan Dos Santos and Sebastian Legette playing in that center midfield. And then uh, somebody like... Uh, like a and, and Emmanuel Boateng, and I have some information on that as well, like an Emmanuel Boateng or Chris Pontius on the left side. I think the Galaxy, if they could have had one thing down the stretch that might have helped them um, actually make it to the playoffs, uh, Chris Pontius being healthy would have been would have been a real, you know, a real 
bonus for them. I think it would have helped them a lot and, and wouldn't have to just rely on Ima Boateng and, and start him. But you could have started Chris Pontius and brought Boateng in off the bench, and you do a lot of things with that. So Boateng, to me, is you know a borderline starter for the team, and the reason that he gets that moniker is because he has something the rest of the Galaxy don't have, which is speed. And you can say that maybe he doesn't use his speed the best way all the time, but to be honest with you, you know, Boateng's speed opens up uh, pockets and holes for other players, so he doesn't always have to be perfect in order, in order to make it work. Um, you want to see him get better. You want to see him do do better, so if that is the case. Now, before on Corner of the Galaxy, we reported here that his future was unknown with the LA Galaxy. We're going to shift that just a little bit, and we're going to have more information on this on Monday with the show for with uh, Kevin Baxter, who I think will actually be down at U.S. Men's National Team training camp whenever we record that particular show. But um, you'll see that uh, Emma Boateng has gone from you know uncertain future, maybe not with the Galaxy, maybe with the Galaxy, to possibly more with the Galaxy now. Um, and, and that's that's about as specific as we can sort of get right now. Might have some more information by the time we come back on Monday, but it feels like the Galaxy are leaning more towards keeping uh, Ima Boateng. And like I said, if you're going to not keep Ima Boateng, you need to find a winger who has some speed just like him. Um, you know, so, and Chris Pontius doesn't have that speed, and nobody else on this Galaxy team has any speed, so you need somebody, so you have to get some wheels from someplace, and if you're going to bring in a left back, you would hope you would get a speedy left back that would also, you know, be able to do, to cover the left back and the left midfield position as well, so maybe you could do sort of a both on that, so... Those are things you need to see. So if the Galaxy weren't going to re-sign Ema, they'd need to look for speed. Um, as it is right now, it feels like the Galaxy are leaning more towards re-signing Ema Boateng. And I would imagine, uh, let's see, Boateng, if I look on my wonderful list here, do, 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 which, of course, why would it be easy to find? Oh, yeah, because he's down here. Uh, he made $130,000 last year. Um, so if you can keep him around the same rate, you, you can do that. Um, and that's something you do. And if you want to keep him and then trade him, uh, that makes some sense, too, and maybe you can trade him for something else that you need or, or anything else, but, I mean, Ima Boateng, really, for a Galaxy team that has no speed, needs to be on the LA Galaxy. Uh, it, it may not be a perfect fit all the time, but if you're the Galaxy, you, you need to try to keep him. Uh, wanted to give you the off-season calendar update as well. Um, just a reminder, and we'll go over it at Dignity Health Sports Park. See, I can almost say it now. Uh, DHS Park on Saturday, February 9th at 7.30 p.m. The LA Galaxy will take on the Toronto FC in the very first preseason game uh, that is included in the season ticket member packages. Um, so you can do that. Tickets are also available for sale and have been available for sale since December 27th, so get your tickets to that. Then you have the Saturday, February 16th game that I've already warned you about. 5 p.m. Pacific time, LA Galaxy versus the Vancouver Whitecaps. That game is available only and exclusively to season ticket members. And make sure that you find the link to that and you sign up to get those tickets because otherwise you ain't getting no tickets. All right, small venue, great venue, great time last year. Glad they're doing it again. Our event will precede this. Um, so all that stuff is good. Uh, dig, dig, that one is at Orange County Great Park and not at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, the final preseason game that they have on the schedule right now, Saturday, February 23rd, Dignity Health Sports Park, LA Galaxy versus Colorado Rapids. Um, that game is included in season ticket member packages and it has been on sale to the general public. Those are the things you want to do. Again, we're anticipating a January 20th, January 21st start to the to the LA Galaxy's preseason. I believe those are like the first dates that the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, actually allows teams to do it. So you'll see a bunch of teams report basically on those days. That's something to keep in mind. I was told also that Guillermo Barrascalotto will be headed to Orlando either on Thursday, uh, excuse me, I should say on Friday, as he was here for the press conference Friday or Saturday. 
He'll head down to the Combine, which is in Orlando. Uh, that's taking place from January 3rd to 9th. We're expected that Dennis Closa will be there. Uh, probably most of the technical staff will be there, including Dominic Kinnear and everybody else they have with them. And then all technical staff is expected to go from Orlando to Chicago for the Super Draft on the 11th at McCormick Place in Chicago. Uh, the Galaxy currently have six picks in the draft. I expect them to, um, we'll see. I expect them to go in and uh, and trade some of those picks. I don't imagine the Galaxy will leave with six picks that they have acquired on this. Uh, they have one in the first round, one in the second round, three in the third round, and one in the fourth round. Uh, that's how it ends up. They have the 12th overall pick in the first and second rounds, um, the third overall pick, the fourth overall pick, the 12th overall pick in the third round, and the 14th overall pick in the fourth round. Uh, some of those acquired from different things and, and that type of thing. Um, I will tell you this right now. I know there's been a rumor out there that the the schedule is coming out um, on Friday, January 4th. So as we're recording tomorrow um, and right now, I will tell you that speaking to the galaxy, I was told that it is not coming out. Um, so I would think pump the brakes on that a little bit and we'll see when that uh, eventually gets launched. They may do something like I've heard in the past, like they've done in the past where they release more games that they're going to play. Um, so it might be, you know, four or five games to start with as they s sort of cinch up the rest of that, uh, the rest of that uh, schedule on the back end. But right now I'm, I'm not expecting anything to come out on January 4th and I'll stay on top of that to try to figure out if that is indeed the case and when that is coming out. But I was told specifically the schedule's not coming out. So uh, not yet. So pump the brakes on that, but at least you have a preseason schedule and that sort of thing is, uh, is going there. Um, Let's see, MLS Combine, Super Draft, we've got that. We've gone through the primary transfer window, which I told you starts February 13th. Um, the secondary transfer window starts July 9th. Uh, the first primary window ends on May 7th, second ends on August 7th. That's a weird way for me to do that, but I just did it. But I, that was the second time, so you all figured it out. Again, let's get to some rumors. Why not? It's a fun time, right? Um, and people in the chat room asking when they'll uh, unveil the new away kits and the very easy answer to that is that there will be a uh, preseason uh, party that they're going to have at the Novo in downtown L.A. again. Um, that will come, and that will be the secondary kit reveal um, when that all comes in. So that'll be at that, and there's a date out there for that. I don't have it in front of me, but um, you should have that on your calendar, and you should have gotten an email about that as well. So that'll be at the Novo down, in, uh, down at L.A. Live like it was last year, and an unveiling with Zlatan Ibrahimovic being there this time. Uh, remember, it was Ola Kamara who was the big addition just before this particular party um, that flew in uh, uh, all night and was uh, pretty tired by the time we finally got to talk to him, but he was unveiled there and got to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, rumors, rumors, rumors. Here we go. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos to Club America. This is the rumor that won't die. Uh, it keeps being brought up in different sort of... Hmm, different kind of ways and people try to couch it differently. I don't think there's anything to this and there hasn't been anything to this. And if you go track them back, they all sort of fall apart whenever it goes. Um, I know it's hopeful and wishful. And I said, if the angst of a fan base um, and the collective wishes of the galaxy fan base could make this happen, it would be happening. Uh, but that's not how it works. And that's not how transfers work. Um, and so right now we have to hold on to the fact that Giovanni Dos Santos going to Club America seems like a cold rumor until it's not. Um, so I will continue to say, hey, pump the brakes on that one. I will also pump the brakes on the next one. And y'all got to stop trying to send Alessandrini places. Uh, Alessandrini's agent speaks at an event and says Alessandrini has heard of the interest from Parma and he likes it. 
whoa there, slow down, boys and girls, all right? Because I'm telling you right now that if you go in and you actually read some of this stuff that is coming out uh, in terms of the actual quotes and you translate it and you try to figure that all out, um, I will tell you right now that that's not really how it gets translated and that's not really how you should be taking it right now. The translation from the original article, which was in Italian, uh, comes from the agent and the agent basically says, and again, this is a translation from Google, so, you know, Forgive me if it's not perfect. Uh, Roman has done very well in MLS in the last two seasons. We are expiring, the basically the contract. We are expiring with the Los Angeles Galaxy at December 30th, 2019. He is part of the list of the best eight players of the last two seasons of MLS. At this moment, we are focused on his future, and Parma is an intelligent club looking for an experienced player in Roman's position. That's true. I know Roman likes it, but I have not received any offers from them right now. The Galaxy would like to revisit the quality shown by Roman, but in MLS, it works that the renewal is proposed near the expiration. It is not like in Europe, and we are in reflection, or basically we're thinking about all this stuff. So, there's been no offers. There's probably interest, or there's not interest. Or this was the agent saying, hey, Parma, we know you're interested. It's like, you know, what I say to ESPN Radio all the time is, I know ESPN, you're interested, but I got to think about my future right now. Um, so whenever you look at all this stuff and you take it in, I can't find in this, you know, a whole bunch of truth. Um, it seems like it's an agent speaking about his, his player. It makes a lot of sense. Alison Drini, if you understand the last name there, feels awful Italian. Uh, if you look where Parma is located and if you look at Marseille and France is located, they're not that far away. So again, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility, but as it is right now, with the way I'm reading this and with the understanding that, uh, from what I understand, the LA Galaxy feel they are fully um, committed to bringing Roman Alessandrini back. I have heard from nobody I've talked to at near the club that they want to get rid of Roman Alessandrini. And in fact, people laugh at me whenever I talk about it. So I feel felt very confident so far that the LA Galaxy, um, you know, really want to keep Roman Alessandrini. Um, so we'll see how that goes and, and, and sort of see how it goes. And I see in the chat room there, once again, saying that Pato, what about the Pato rumors? Pato to AC Milan, by the way. I don't know why we keep track of Pato rumors. I know why. Um, because y'all, y'all photoshopped me in that picture and made me stand next to Pato that one time. And then Pato liked it. Um, so here's the deal. If Pato is ever going to come to the LA Galaxy, I should probably be the first one to know. Um, and that is not happening. And if he does come to the LA Galaxy, Kevin gets fired because it becomes the Pato and Pato show, um, which would be a, a great thing. I mean, who doesn't want Dos Patos? Um, so we'll, we'll, I'll keep my eye on that one, chat room. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, we already talked about Ramon, excuse me, Emmanuel Boateng, uh, likely to resign with the LA Galaxy. And, and again, it feels more like a shift from maybe to probably, but there's still some things that probably need to happen. And they're probably going to wait because you're looking at spending money on some defenders. You want to know how much you're able to spend to pay, you know, Boateng. The last thing you want to do is not be able to pick somebody up by $20,000 because you paid $20,000 to Emo Boateng or, you know, more for his raise. So you really have to be careful in this particular salary cap. And by the way, people are asking me if they were going to raise the salary cap this year. Um, it's supposed to go up by about 5%, and that's usually how it goes. So if we were saying that the 2018 salary cap was uh, $4,037,000, um, then in 2019 it's about 4.239. Um, that should be right around the thing. And if the max budget also increases by about that 5%, you're looking at the max budget of 504 in 2018 to 529, 593. So those all should 
you know, ramp up and, and, and do all that. Uh, people in the chat room asking about Carlos Tevez. It seemed like Guillermo Barrescoloto sort of threw some cold water on that one today. Um, it seems like that he didn't necessarily come out and say it's not going to happen, but that just it was more unlikely. Um, and so we've now downgraded that from the yellow, why not, it could probably happen, to cold um, with Scalotto's sort of information today. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's that's sort of how the rumors are, are f- fading out right now. There's no, there's no real solid ones I love running with right now, which is probably an indication that the Galaxy are trying to get Dennis DeClosa, and they're trying to get Guillermo Barrescoloto sort of comfortable and feeling right with um, the LA Galaxy, and then they're going to go in and evaluate. You heard them both talk about evaluating. Uh, I thought one of the interesting things, if we can go back to that, was that Dennis DeClosa saying how some of the younger players, some of the academy players, some of those USL players were excited to hear that Scalotto was coming in because he has a history of using young talent, and and I think DeClosa sort of coined the term and, and said, you know, uh, Scalotto believes that you know when you're ready to play, you're ready to play, meaning it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're ready to play, you're going to play for the LA Galaxy. You're going to play for my team. Um, I think that's fun. I will tell you right now, and I will continue to say it, uh, because Teclosa said it first, so it's not even like I'm coming up with this. This is you're talking about one of these main guys. Uh, Efrain Alvarez is a huge star in the making for the LA Galaxy. They want to get him on the field. This year may not be that year, and it has nothing to do with he may not be ready. It's more about his international calendar. So towards the end of the year, after the international calendar has been put to bed, he has U-17 qualifiers and U-17 uh, probably finals for Mexico, um, and that's going to take up a, a lot of his effort, his time, and his focus. And as a young player, you want to, as a coach and as a team, um, you want to allow him that time. All right, you want to give him the time to go to do these tournaments because that's gaining this valuable international experience that makes him a better player, and then that will eventually make your team uh, better as well. So it's one of those things that uh, when you're looking at, I just pump the brakes a little bit on it, and, and we'll see how that plays out. But I am not of the opinion that I'm just going to say, oh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Alvarez plays for the Galaxy this year. No, he might not. Um, and I would understand why. You're still trying to bring him up. He's still young. You, he's going to get that international experience. You're getting what you need out of him. And, you know, eventually here towards the end of the season, the next season, that's when he's going to start breaking into this stuff. So I don't expect it right away, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he'll show up in the preseason and maybe he'll force his way into one of those central midfield positions, which would be interesting, right? Hey, why not? I don't think anybody's going to complain about any of that. All right, let's go on to Galaxy alumni news, which tends to be a a trending topic for us uh, almost every single week. We go over to Kurt Schmidt. Now, you have uh, you heard Kurt Schmidt on this podcast whenever he first signed with the LA Galaxy um, and became the uh, director of scouting uh, under his dad, uh, Siggy Schmidt. Now you have Kurt Schmidt. coming in and he will be departing the LA Galaxy. So he is now leaving the LA Galaxy. He will go head on over to Inter Miami uh, where he will be the technical director, um, the very first technical director. And that's a great step up for him. I'll tell you right now, the Galaxy lost a guy who was very passionate about the scouting process and really wanted to revamp what had happened um, with the LA Galaxy. And he and I had many talks about how he wanted to revamp things and redo things. And I think if he would have stayed, that he would have been great with Teclosa. Um, I just think that the the big elephant in the room that you have to talk about is that, you know, with, with his dad's passing, you know, in that building and, and being there and seeing his dad get fired there at the end and, and all those things, it's probably not a place that he wants to be. 
um, in L.A. anymore. And so moving to a fresh start probably makes 100% sense. Not only that, but he's stepping up to a technical director as well. So all of that stuff really makes a ton of sense, um, you know, in terms of, you know, where he's going. The Galaxy, though, lose a guy, but it allows Tecloso to go in. And Tecloso also, from what I've seen from him and what he said uh, publicly seems to have a passion for wanting to rebuild the scouting structure for the LA Galaxy and that it's not just so much about you know the LA Galaxy having this moniker and this name that says oh yeah well we're the LA Galaxy we get this stuff done and we we rely on you know the Europeans and the Americans and we're really good at that but to close is going to pry open that that same area that Kurt Schmidt wanted to pry open, which was South America, which is Central America, um, you know, going after the Latin, the young Latin players, as we've seen uh, teams like, you know, Atlanta United do. And, and quite honestly, uh, most teams throughout MLS have already started mining those areas and the LA Galaxy, for whatever reason, have fallen behind that. So uh, having said that, I, I think there's going to be a real focus on that. I think Dennis DeClosa is the guy to bring that focus. And so with Kurt Schmidt going, I will say this, Kurt, uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, from here at Corner of the Galaxy over at uh, at Inter-Miami. I'll eventually get used to that, saying that uh, as he does it. Um, and so uh, hopefully he has a successful career over there. But he was great with the LA Galaxy, and I think if they would have uh, released him and allowed him to, uh, to do the things that he wanted to do, the LA Galaxy would have still been a real sort of, um, you know, uh, really been on that rebuilding path already to, to repairing the scouting lines that that really aren't there uh, for the most part. Um, and of course, I think Teclosa is eventually going to get around to hiring an academy director as well. So all this stuff is, you know, starting to happen, um, you know, rather quickly now that the season's getting ready to start. But the the main focus here is senior team and getting that roster set and all that stuff. So Teclosa and Guillermo Barascoloto and, um, you know, Dominic Kinnear are going to have to sit there and really just get this roster all fired up here for the end of this uh, this particular preseason and get it ready for the regular season. Because anything else, it doesn't really matter what happens with uh, anybody else in terms of, uh, you know, the academy or, or, or any of that stuff. It really matters right now what the senior team is doing. And then once they have gotten through the busy time with the senior team, uh, Tecloso can set his sights on hiring that Galaxy uh, Academy director and, and, and doing that stuff. So it's it's coming he seems to want to put everything in order. He seems to want to fill the vacancies that are there. He seems to want to rebuild the scouting. He wants to do all the things that the Galaxy said that they wanted to do. Quite honestly, under Siggy Schmidt, uh, it seems like Teclosa now has the ability to do that and, and get that done. All right. Uh, let's see. I am going to go through some listener questions here as well. Uh, I believe we have a couple emails that I'll have to uh, have to get to as well. Oh, good. I found them. I found them quickly. I didn't even have to stall. Um, the emails from John... Uh, John writes in and says, uh, Josh, happy new year. I'm looking forward to winning 2019 for the galaxy to a winning 2019 for the galaxy and continued excellent programming from you and your team. Thank you for all you do. My question with the hiring of Dennis Teclosa and Guillermo Barra do you see it as a sea change in the galaxy direction this year, or should we only expect incremental improvements? I'm afraid with the limitations of the roster and money, there isn't much room for the new leadership to make enough changes this year. Thanks. Thank you, John. Here's what I'll say. It is a sea change. Um, it really is. It is a move towards what I would call, and I feel that if they can do it, is stability. And it's not just short-term stability either. Uh, with Guillermo Barros-Scoloto, you're talking, you know, long-term, four or five years. Uh, with Dennis DeClosa, again, you're talking long-term, four or five years. And when have the Galaxy been able to say that they've set anything up for four or five years? It's been a while. Even towards the end of Bruce Arena's tenure, you knew that he was going to eventually move on here um, and that the Galaxy would be. So it was, you know, every year, you know, 2015, 
Um, you know, 2014, after 2014, would Bruce stay? After 2015, would Bruce stay? After 2016, would Bruce stay? Eventually, the answer became no, but that question got asked at the end of every single year. So now you have somebody like Guillermo Barrascalotto, who is a youngish coach. Um, you have a guy like Dennis DeClosa, who is a youngish you know, GM, both of these guys, and youngish, I love, you know, in these leagues. Uh, Scalotto is 45, I believe, um, off the top of my head without looking. Um, so you, you have a younger younger head coach in there now who is going to be able to um, build a legacy here. This does not feel like a one-and-done, even if the Galaxy, for God forbid, should miss the playoffs. If the Galaxy do miss the playoffs, um, I'll tell you right now, uh, if the Galaxy miss the playoffs, it's going to be because there's injuries. Because, quite honestly, the Galaxy were a playoff team last year. Um, they just didn't figure it out until it, it already does. Um, so that's sort of where you get it in to these things is that, you know, it's it's one of those things that the Galaxy are setting themselves up long-term now. So it feels like a sea change. It feels like Dennis DeClosa has his reins on things. Uh, it feels like Dennis DeClosa is is really guiding this team now. So is it a sea change? Yeah, it feels like one. Uh, it feels like there are confident, competent people in places uh, that know what they're talking about and are, are looking to implement a plan. And whether that plan gets um, successful in the first year, I would expect the Galaxy to make the playoffs. Uh, Eric and I, I believe was it last week, we're talking about how we both felt and whether or not it's misguided or not, we both felt that if the LA Galaxy got to a, a position of making the playoffs and being in the playoffs, that it would be difficult to beat them. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic said the same thing, so I don't feel out of bounds saying that I, I thought the LA Galaxy were better than the Portland Timbers, or at least matched evenly with the Portland Timbers last year, and the Portland Timbers went to, went to uh, MLS Cup. Or I'll be honest, that and Eric and I both agreed on this. The only team that we felt was was way better than the LA Galaxy was probably Atlanta United. That was it. The Galaxy could have competed, and they showed they could have competed with any of those teams throughout the year, except probably for Atlanta. And who knows what Atlanta really looks like if they play them at the end of the year and that type of thing. But I always felt like Atlanta was the best team in Major League Soccer this year. And quite honestly, it didn't feel close to, to second place. Um, Portland coming out of the West wasn't a surprise. Uh, I felt like the Galaxy matched up really well against Portland. I felt like the LA Galaxy, if they didn't have to play Sporting Kansas City at Sporting KC, had a great chance of beating Sporting Kansas City. Um, so you look at all these things and you can point them in, and now you look at what they have to do. They have to improve the defense. If you keep the third highest scoring offense and you improve the defense by 25%, you win a whole bunch of games. In fact, you may even win the Western Conference with the number of points that you get. Even with a 25% decrease in goals that you allow, I think that would happen. But I'm expecting that with a, a better back line, something that we saw towards the end of the season, that a better back line means, you know, 50% more less goals. I really feel like the Galaxy can make a huge leap just by fixing some defensive issues here. So uh, that's what we had from there. This one is from Isaias. Isaias says... Um, Hey, COG team, recently have been looking at Stubb, I mean Dignity Health Sports Park, seating, and, and a thought occurred to me. Siggy made a comment last year at the second LAFC game at the Stubb about the placement of away fans. The seats they get are actually really good, not to mention really close to supporters groups. Compare that to other stadiums where you shamelessly get placed on the, for this on the farthest corner possible. Uh, do you know of any plans for an adjustment at the digs? Is the digs, is that what we, is that what we really want? The digs? Uh, hey, whatever you guys want to call it, I don't really care. Uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, I don't see anything. I'll tell you that there are a lot of issues that you have by moving those supporters anywhere. Um, 
if you take the supporters and you move them into, you know, one of the back corners or one of the upper things, it ends up being above some of the other supporters groups. So they're a little nervous about that. You can't move them behind, you know, Angel City Brigade. That's probably not a great thing in terms of trying to separate them. Um, there are a lot of issues that come into it, and I realize that. But at the same time, the Galaxy should have figured this out a long time ago, that that's not where you should have seated people. And by the way, I'm still a big proponent of having an entire section of just being all one supporters group. Um, in terms of putting all the supporters groups into one section and calling that a day. Um, so that would be, that would be something I'd really look. Um, so that's, that's sort of where we're at in, in terms of, you know, that I don't expect it to change Isaiah's. Um, I'm sorry. I, I know people would want to change it, but I don't think they have changed it and I don't think that they will change it. Although it's something that they should try to do. Um, I just think that they're going to find technical hurdles to any move they make. Um, and right now, the easiest place for them to put them is in that corner. So, uh, again, if you're a visitor to uh, Dignity Health Sports Park this upcoming, you have great seats. Uh, congratulations. All right, let's get to some other listener questions from Twitter. Uh, Fred writes in and says, what's up with Hilliard Arce? I imagine that he's enjoying his offseason. Um so that's that's sort of what's up. Do I think that he could possibly be, you know, a player this year? Yeah. Uh, I think that any of the players who are coming out of college now with a, a few exceptions are going to take a year or two in order to, you know, acclimatize to Major League Soccer and professional soccer. The the difference between college soccer and Major League Soccer used to be very close and you used to be able to see guys come off the bench from major colleges and come in and and make impacts and make differences. Um I think Hilliard Arce played at an excellent, um, excellent, uh, you know, college career. I think he won two national championships with Stanford. Um, so he's coming to the LA Galaxy, and now he has to prove his spot with the LA Galaxy. So um, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I don't think that there's anything. I don't think that he's a bust. Um, not yet, anyway. Uh, I think that if he gets to play his position, which he's a center back, don't put him at right back, don't put him in left back. He can't play those positions. He's a center back. So let him be, be comfortable in a center back position. But how are you going to do that in a system that has, you know, Daniel Starez, Dave Romney, Jorgen Shelvick, and probably a center back to be named later that is probably a starter? Um, so how do you make that happen? So that's going to be the tough thing for him. He's buried on the depth chart and he needs to find some playing time and he needs to find improvement and he needs to prove that he can handle it in major league soccer. That's going to be a steep hill for him to climb this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris writes in and says, have they set a date for the secondary kit release party? We already talked about that, uh, earlier, excuse me. And we said that, uh, they have a, have the date set for, for that. That is the, the Novo release party. And I think you have that in the email somewhere, but it is in this preseason. They will release it then. So that's when it will be, um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Caesar writes in, um, Caesar says, uh, should, uh, Guillermo Barrascoloto have a translator? It's an odd question. I know during the press conference, Kevin Baxter asked, asked his question. And I feel it kind of got lost in translation and didn't really get answered. Well, one, I believe that Scalotto probably avoided that question anyway. And two, uh, I think he he will he can have a translator, and they have uh, an excellent one on staff with uh, Vicky Mercado, uh, does all the translations for for Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos whenever those guys talk um, and don't want to talk in, in English, um, so they can do it in Spanish. And if that is the case, and we feel that that's the best way to do it, I, I think that the LA Galaxy would be happy to provide that on a regular basis, and so we'll all sort of do that. Um, I don't think it's going to be a major issue. I expect him to get better with his English, um, and having done that, and also whenever Dennis DeCloso was there, he was translating the 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 uh, the uh, the questions from English to Spanish to Scalotto, who would then answer in English. It was just I don't know. It was like an old school "I Love Lucy" episode, which I was very old whenever that one 
came out. Okay, or I was very young whenever that stuff was going around because my mom used to watch it and it was old for her. So yeah, all those things. I know I dated myself, but it just reminded me of this one episode where like seven different people translate things in order to get an answer. And the, the funny one is no. And then it goes, no, 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 no. All the way through it. So that was, there you go. I'm glad we all got through that. That's a, That was an important part to this podcast. Um, Noah writes in, says, what are the expectations for Guillermo Barrascoloto this season? Uh, he's going to have to make the playoffs. If he doesn't, mm, I'm not worried. This is a long-term fix. This is part of the plan. Teclosa and Guillermo Barrascoloto are here. Um, I said the same thing about Siggy Schmidt, and they fired him, so what do I know? Um, but at the same time, this feels a lot more permanent slash long-term, um, and that is a, an important thing. Uh, Sev writes in and says, thoughts on how big of a deal keeping Dom on the staff is and what he'll be able to provide within the GBS system. He's going to be the man-manager. Uh, Scalotto can go out there and yell and scream at guys and Dominic Carroll will come in and whisper nice things in their ears and that'll keep players happy and it'll keep them motivated and they'll want to be motivated to play for Scalotto and uh, they'll feel placated and they'll feel happy about the way that Dominic Kinnear treats them and all those things work well and it was sort of the same system that they had with Siggy Schmidt and Dominic Kinnear and Dom is great at that. He is possibly the best man manager in Major League Soccer. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves him so much. Zlatan Ibrahimovic loves him, and I don't know that Zlatan loves any coach. Um, so we'll certainly see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, I've already given my thoughts on that. I think it's a great job, and I think they'll be able to work fine. Uh, Julian writes in. Julian says, any updates on Giannis leaving slash staying? Saw he was linked with Roma a few weeks back. So Ulianas is is really sort of bouncing around. Everybody expected him to leave the LA Galaxy, and I will say that right now that is still the case. Uh, he will leave LA Galaxy 2 and go somewhere. Where that is, we don't know anymore. Uh, Dennis DeCloso was out there, uh, uh, and I think we talked about in the last week's episode on, on uh, Uliana Sr. got a Yanez kit with Yanez on, on a senior team kit and was sort of like, hey, you know, wishing you all the best. This is something you never got before, blah, 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 that type of thing. He's greasing the palms. Dennis DeCloso is in there right now, and he is trying to grease some palms and repair some relationships. So I will say the Yanez saga is not over. Um, the last I heard, he was not headed anywhere in particular and everywhere that he is trying to go, um, has fallen through so far. So, uh, Giannis is a good, I, I feel really, I feel kind of reinvigorated with the fact that Dennis DeClosa is coming in here and trying to repair those relationships and do this thing. So if you're a DTK fan, um, if you want him to succeed, this would be a little bit of a coup in order to keep Giannis back. So we'll keep an eye on it and, and see how that goes. Uh, AJ writes in and says, how do you feel about re-signing Carrasco? And remember, AJ, it's re-signing. Re-signing, all one word, means they resigned. Um, so the resigning Carrasco, and I'm sure a lot of people will be like, that'd be fine. Carrasco can just resign. Um, but it's re-signing. It's my one pet peeve. Everybody knows this. Um, we'll, we'll say this right now, that, uh, that uh, I feel like it's fine. I don't feel like it influences anything either way, and you shouldn't be overly upset about anything at all. Like I said, uh, Carrasco made $67,500 last year. Let's say you gave him a $20,000 raise and he made $80,000. Are you really going to be worried about that? I, I think that there's more than enough depth in the center of that team um, that he probably will get some playing time, but not a lot, and at the money they're paying him, it's probably worth it. So there we go. Um Let's see. How do you think? Uh, the last one I have. Uh, should we expect to lift any hardware this year, or we should, sh or should we expect to happen in two years? This comes from Rodrigo. Rodrigo. I mean, it's tough to say. 
Uh, David Bingham said in last preseason, if you remember, that he felt like the LA Galaxy and the team that they put together would be MLS Cup contenders. Uh, you want to hear that from the players. Absolutely. That's what you want to hear. I want to hear that the... Um, I want to hear that all of the players think that they're MLS Cup contenders and going to be MLS Cup contenders every year. I'll say he probably wasn't far off. I really feel, and again, you know, going back, that the Galaxy, had they figured things out sooner, who knows, had they had fired Siggy Schmidt sooner, had the team come together a little bit sooner, you know, under Schmidt or anything else, um, we're going to see how... Uh, it, you know, we would see how that Galaxy team would have done. So, you know, were they MLS Cup contenders? No, they weren't. But to be honest, if they would have made it to the playoffs, were they MLS Cup contenders? I don't know. Maybe. So could the Galaxy lift some hardware? Look at U.S. Open Cup and say, you know, how important do they think that is? Um, look at, you know, Supporter Shield. I don't think there's a Western Conference team that is freaking anybody out right now. And I don't think the LA Galaxy were that far separated from the teams that finished above them this year. Uh, they need consistency. They need to be, you know, much better defensively. If those two things sort of come together, I don't see any reason why the Galaxy couldn't figure uh, and couldn't find themselves in, you know, a Western Conference final or, or deep in the playoffs or, you know, on to MLS Cup. It's Major League Soccer, people. Uh, if you are hot at the right time and you start running through things, and granted, this year's playoff system, when we talked about it, is going to be a lot harder to be that underdog team coming from the number six or number seven spot. Remember, seven teams from each conference, which means Galaxy would have made the playoffs this year. But uh, seven teams from each conference. But, you know, if you're down below, you're playing single elimination games on the road, on the road, on the road. Um, so it's it's one of those things that you look at and say, okay, um, what, what are the real differences for the LA Galaxy this year? And it's really going to depend on who they bring in for defense uh, and how Guillermo Barrascoleto settles in as a coach. Uh, you know, Giovanni Savarisi had, had problems with Portland at the beginning. Remember the Galaxy beat Portland at home the very first game of the season. Uh, Portland struggled at the beginning of the season and then figured it out and ended up being a consistent, you know, behemoth there towards the end. And the Galaxy still played them really tough, even while they were winning a whole bunch of games um, and that type of thing. So you look at this and say there's not a whole lot separating these teams anymore, um, especially in the Western Conference. So could you lift Rodrigo? Could they lift? So absolutely. They could win the Western Conference. They could win a supporter shield. And they could certainly go in and, and win MLS Cup. All of those things are possibilities, but they're also a possibility for most teams in Major League Soccer. Um, you know, depending on how they've done things and, and certainly the higher spending teams. And it looks like Columbus is going to be one of those higher spending teams now. So just looking at the different things and FC Cincinnati comes into the Western Conference this year. How are they going to do as a startup? Because as you've seen, we've had startups that have definitely succeeded with LAFC, with Atlanta United and what they were able to do in their first years. You've had some stumbles like Minnesota United, who certainly probably entered the league one or two years too early for when on their timeline, but now is going to have one of the, I think, most, most the, one of the most gorgeous stadiums in Major League Soccer, and how is that going to affect how they play? Um, I certainly think that them losing at home will become more often uh, now that you understand that there's not going to be playing on that horrible, horrible, no good, really bad turf um, there in Minnesota, and they're playing on real grass. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic will go to Minnesota now. Uh, also remember that you're going to play every team in the Western Conference twice next year. Uh, that's just how it's going to be, so you're not going to have that third game against LAFC anymore. Um, like they had last year. So, you know, all these things are going to sort of apply and melt their way into this new season in the Western Conference, and we're going to have to see where the Galaxy... But right now, as you stand, as the Galaxy have re-signed people, sort of even almost as they finished, you have to say the Galaxy are in the top 50% in the Western Conference, 
which you're like, Josh, that's not that good. But it is for playoff reasons. Um, and I don't think there's a huge way to move as long as you fix that defense to get into the top three or top four. You have a guy who could very easily break the scoring record the year after it was just set with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, if he stays healthy and you give him the total number of games and you cut out some of those turf games, like the ones in Minnesota that he didn't get to play in, uh, the more the less turf, the more Zlatan. All right, so that's certainly how we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, again, another short show here. Made it all the way through an hour. Uh, certainly want to thank everybody in the chat room for for killing uh, for killing it during the time. You guys make me laugh during this, and uh, sometimes it's hard to actually just pay attention to what I'm trying to do on a solo show and, and watch you guys and, and, and do everything like that. But uh, glad you guys were there. And of course, uh, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Really, so YouTube doesn't pay us any money because we don't have enough uh, followers on there. So I think we have 300 or 400 people who follow us on YouTube. So tell your friends to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that way we can get above that 1,000. And at 1,000, they actually pay us money. And last year, whenever they didn't have that rule, I made like 6 or $7 off of that. So you guys need to get me my six and seven six or seven dollars back, or you know, just write me a check for six bucks, whatever you want to do. Uh, event information coming up very shortly on what we're going to do on February sixteenth. So stay tuned for that live, or not a live show, but a show on Monday uh, coming up uh, with Kevin Baxter, I think, who will be down with the U.S. Men's National Team at camp there. But we'll do a show on Monday night and get back to our regular scheduled Monday and Thursday shows. Uh, that means we'll be falling right back into that wonderful pattern that we had for most of the year last year. All right. If you're looking for uh, me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our articles, our shows. Uh, anything you want to know about Corner of the Galaxy can be found right there on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and check out that rumor tracker so you can find all that stuff right there. All right, that about does it. 2019 officially underway for the LA Galaxy and us here on Corner of the Galaxy. So I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.